Uno, dos, tres. RIP to the competition. I heard that they're coming three. I heard that they're coming three. I heard that they're coming three. Hello, 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 and welcome to Three's of Crowd Sports. I am your host, Ray Jones. I got the one and only Kelsey Nelson in the house. Kelsey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, everyone? And I got my big man, James. James, what's up? Hey, everybody. Hey, man, y'all got to get your energy out. We got a very special guest in the house today. We'll introduce him here shortly. But, of course, we want to start off the show as normal. Uh, did you know this day in sports history? Back in 1954, Hammer and Hank Aaron hit his first home run, his first out of 755 home runs in his career. And also back in 1989, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played his last game as an L.A. Laker. So today's a very big day for us. Uh, like I said, we have a special guest, but first we're going to go to Kelsey. Kelsey, hit us with the big news. Yes, as you guys know, it was a huge week in sports this week, but I'm just going to go over some of the highlights. First off, we're heading to the MLB, where some MLB players launched their own social media app called Infield, Infield Chatter. It was players Miguel Cabrera and Jonas Cespedes. They uh, created the app, so it's obviously really cool, and they use the app. Um, next, we have Ray Rice, who's working with the NFL to contribute to social responsibility, which, of course, we all like that he's kind of getting a second chance and being able to help other players um, hopefully not make the same mistake that he did. And I love that um, he'll be able to really work with the NFL, something we haven't seen since everything went down. And next, we have Kobe Bryant, who's pushing his own sports uh, drink brand, Drink Body Armor. So congrats to Kobe. Love seeing him excel um, after his post-basketball career. Then going to the ladies, uh, we have Tamika Catchings, who joined the Pacers Sports and Entertainment front office. She is now the Director of Player Programs and Franchise Development for the Indiana Pacers. So bravo to her. She's had such a tremendous impact in the Indiana community. Um, and last but not least, I want to honor our Crowd Noise Athlete of the Week, who is none other than WNBA star Tina Charles, who visited four New York schools to donate defibrillators. So, obviously, that was great. So, if you guys didn't know, today is the start of WNBA training camp. So, we're looking forward to an exciting WNBA season. And that's all for Big News and Sports. All right. Thank you, Kelsey. All right. Now, it's time to introduce our very, very special guest from Comcast Sports Network Mid-Atlantic. And you might also see him on NBC4, um, Chris Mills. Chris Miles. Chris, are you here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what up, what up? I was just saying, you know, Chris Mills was a very good basketball player. I wish I had his bank account, you know. <laughs> Mine is more of a, a distance thing in miles, but uh, good to meet you, man. Good to be on your show. All right, welcome. We're very excited Thank to have you. you. Anything you want to tell the people about yourself? Uh, yeah, man, a basketball fanatic from Harlem, NYC, now here living in D.C., spent some time in New Orleans. So, you know, oh. it's great again to talk hoops with you guys, you know. Oh, we got another New York native Harlem. I was born in Harlem as well, so we got to show Kelsey how we do it. (laughs) We got to let Kelsey know how it's really done. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's what's up. All right, so we know you're definitely a basketball mind, so let's jump right into NBA playoffs. Let's start off with the West. You know, we got Portland um, trying to take down the uh, Golden State Warriors. Right now, Golden State is up 3-0. Golden State had a huge game last night. They were able to steal one in Portland, so let's get right into it. Uh, Chris, what's your thoughts on Golden State and Portland? Does Portland have a chance? Not after last night, and here's the thing. I didn't think they had any chance at winning the series. But going into it, I was like, okay, I think they'll win two games because if Nurkic could come back and Kevin Durant will have some issues with his knee. And both of those things actually happened. And last night they were up by 15 and it seemed like, all right, this is the game that Portland's going to win. And I'm going to seem like a basketball genius. Nope. 
Golden State comes back. They're up 3-0. And the first round, you're down 3-0. It's a wrap. It's over. What do you guys think about, um, you know, Dame, Dame Lillard said he was they were going to beat the win the series basically in six games. He's going to kind of eat crow a little bit right now because this team is down definitely 0-3. We had put a Twitter poll up asking the crowd noise who do they think was going to win the series. We had uh, in five games, 45% said Golden State. It was only 19% that said Portland was, was going to get this upset. So is there anything they can do for Portland to turn around the series, Chris? Wait, how many people said that? 19% said Portland would get that upset. <laughs> What's wrong with people, man? As in win the series? There's no way. Yeah, win the and series. I'm a Golden State hater. I don't I don't like the way that they play. I Thank love you. Steph Curry. But I'm like, all they do is shoot jumpers. They they got smaller inside with the way they changed their team and adding Durant and just adding another shooter. But there's no way Portland was gonna win that series. I mean that I'm I'm shocked. I thought you were gonna say like three percent or there was like one person in general that, that made that percentage. That was a really high percentage. And most likely it was Damian Lillard. He probably went on there and filled out the poll, had a couple of his friends. Just kept polls. doing it, kept hitting the button. Huh? <laughs> he just kept hitting the button. We didn't, put a, we didn't put a limit on how many times you could vote, so you never know. Yeah. So let's go ahead and um, let's switch over there. Let's switch over to the next series. This one has been a little bit more competitive. There was competitive during the season as well. San Antonio and Memphis, they were 2-2 two and two in the season. And right now in the series, they're 2-2. Two and two. As we saw last night's game, Mark Gasol came through in the clutch, hitting that buzzer beater to tie the series up. So now we're headed back to San Antonio. So, Chris... What's your thoughts on that series? <sighs> That's one of those series that, you know, there's so many first-round matchups that I read about that one, man. I do not watch Memphis-San Antonio. That just is like a drag them out You know, that's a fight that's going to be 12 rounds, and you're going to get a decision. You know you're not going to get a knockout. So I just keep reading, oh, Coach Fisdale says that Kawhi Leonard is a machine you know, giving him all of his props. But I think that maybe showmanship, you know, give the guy the credit that he deserves, but tell your team to go out and beat the rest of the Spurs. So I really like what Memphis is doing. I'm going to pay more attention to that series now that it's 2-2. Two to two. I thought the Spurs were just going to run through them um, just because Kawhi Leonard is so great. But it seems like that's going to be a hard series. I always felt that uh, Memphis was going to give them a tough game. It seems like Memphis always has San Antonio's numbers. You know, a couple of years ago, Memphis was able to get San Antonio in the first round. So we always look forward to that matchup. So, Kelsey, what's your thoughts on the Memphis and San Antonio series? Yeah, I think Chris said it best. When I first saw this series, I thought it would be a sweep for San Antonio. I didn't think it would be interesting. It was one of those series where if I have time, I'll watch the games. Um, but I love – you cannot – how can you not support and love what Kawhi is doing uh, for the Spurs? And, of course, on the other side, Mike Conley. It's a great matchup. Kawhi's been – every game he's literally set a new record for himself. I love that he's really his biggest competition. Uh, the overtime game, I mean, can you ask for anything more? And I love that this series actually might go um, all the way through, which is exciting. Um, I'm still going to pick the Spurs in it, but I think Memphis is going to give them a good run for their money. But like I said, what Kawhi is doing is just unbelievable, and, I mean, he's breaking records. All right, well, James, let me ask you. I know you are, you're anti-Golden State, and so this game, this series is a little bit of a different pace, a little slow-down pace. So how do you feel about the matchup with uh, Memphis and, and San Antonio? Let me put it out there for you guys. I call this series, I Am My Brother's Keeper. And, and Marcus Hall <laughs> is finally stepping out the shadow of his big brother. And he's going to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off the, the deep end and say Memphis is going to take the series. Kawhi Leonard is, the, is awesome. He's a great player, great defensively, offensively, and, and offensively. But something about how Marcus Hall is, is pushing his team to, to, the, next, to the next level. And I, and I think they steal it. I think they steal it, and they go, they go on. I'm going. I'm calling the series. I am my brother's keeper, and, and Marcus Hall is finally stepping out of the shadow of Big Brother Powell. 
All right, Chris, I want to go back to you then with that. What would happen if San Antonio was to lose this series? You think it's time to tear it down in uh, San Antonio? I don't know if Pop No, no, I don't think you – yeah, tear it down isn't the way you got to look at I do think it's time for them to rebuild a little bit more, though. Kawhi's the only young guy that really has mm-hmm. it going. I think they need more talent. And, and you're seeing LaMarcus Aldridge on a decline of his career as well, especially when you look at his numbers. They need some more horses there. They got one thoroughbred, and we know in the NBA now you need two, really three, to win a championship – and they've defied those odds for years, you know, having an older Tim Duncan and a young Kawhi Leonard or having a Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, having a couple of guys that are really good, not necessarily great. But I, I think this day and age, and especially right now when you look around the NBA and you see a guy like Giannis coming up or you see the guys coming out in the next draft, you got to think, okay, Kawhi Leonard is not going to be able to carry this load by himself. And as you saw, I mean, I hope they don't have too much faith in Derrick Rose because he was at the game – last night and it's like oh do they really think he's going to replace tony parker because there's no way he makes it through the playoffs playing with the spurs wow that's i never thought of derrick rose i did see him in the clips of him at the game yeah never thought to see him on in a san antonio spurs jersey though that's that's kind of crazy right there yeah word on the street is that he's being wooed yeah so how about that he's being wooed (laughs) can you woo 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 (laughs) all right so let's switch over to uh Oh, I'm sorry. You guys didn't like my little solo. Don't right ever there? do sorry, that again. That. Do not ever do that again. <laughs> it, it, just, it just came out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no All right, so let's switch over to Houston. Houston versus OKC. This has been a, a pretty exciting matchup. You know, Houston's up 2-1 right now. OKC was able to get the other game. So And Westbrook definitely showed up and showed out. He finally got a little help from Oladipo. So well, this next game coming up, Chris, is OKC going to tie the series or are we going back to Houston 3-1? I still think that... I was I was surprised that Oklahoma City got a game in the sense that, look, if James Harden takes the ball to the basket and doesn't pull up 4-3, Oklahoma City probably doesn't win. I just don't think they have the horses. I think Houston has James Harden and snipers around him and, you know, guys who play complementary basketball to his game. And I think Oklahoma City has – this crazy run-and-gun Westbrook and a bunch of guys who really seem out of place a lot of times. So, yeah, they were able to snatch a game. Maybe they snatch another game, but I don't think they'll win the series. I think Houston wins in five, if not five, definitely six. Okay, well, before I send it over to Kelsey and James, I did have a Twitter poll up that was saying if Oklahoma City Thunder lose to Houston in the first round, does this solidify James Harden's MVP run? So do you put him as the MVP if they actually beat OKC? (sighs) That's so tough because my MVP this season was Kawhi Leonard. And I look at it just because defensively he brings so much to the table. And when I started watching Russell Westbrook more during the season, I started to realize, like, okay, he just gives up on defense. He, you know, leaves his man open, goes in for rebounds, and is looking to start the fast break. Um And then James Harden, I think his field goal percentage has to be taken into account here. I mean, the guy was, towards the end of the season, a very poor shooter, and they had some issues in games because of that. So I look at Kawhi Leonard as being the more complete player, but I think Russell Westbrook has a thing locked up. I just think the general consensus is, you know, him matching Oscar Robertson's triple-double record, I think he's going to win the MVP. All right, James, let me go to you. Does, uh, if, let's say, Houston happens to win this game and pretty much dominates OKC the rest of the series, 
What's your thoughts on the MVP race then? See, you know, this is the series of the MVP, I think. But, uh, you know, I always have a name for these series. But um, I'm gonna, I'm still going to go with James Harden only because of the fact that James Harden has changed his game so much. Like, he became a point guard and became a leader of that team. And, I, like, this this time last year, we we wouldn't see James Harden in this type of this type of play. I mean, he does play great, but he's playing around his team now, and he's relying more on his players around him. That's why I got to give him the uh, I got to give it the MVP slightly because the fact that they are third place in in the West, and, and that's a big thing for me. I, I I believe the fact that he they they finished third in the West. I, I believe he needs the MVP. Like I, I know uh, Russell Westbrook had a great year. Triple doubles is something that's beyond measurable, but I'm still gonna give it to James Harden. All right, Kelsey, can OKC make a comeback? Can they make this an interesting series, or are we going back to Houston three one? You know, as much as I would love to be that person that would say OKC would make the comeback, I don't think any intelligent basketball mind can say it will happen because, quite frankly, you guys already said it. Russ does not have the help. Of course, only people came in. We thought, you know, KD is gone, but hopefully he'll be the next best person for Russ to pass to and help out. But he's been he's been uncon- he's been shaky and he hasn't been consistent. I think that's the problem. Of course, Russ can do all this stuff, but at the end of the day, he's one player. It's not enough to overcome the beard and the rest of his team and all the weapons he has around him. So I thank OKC for making the series a little bit interesting um, because, of course, we don't want any sweeps in NBA playoffs. But I think Houston has a lock on it. I do think that, of course, I, I think Russ has it locked up as MVP. And, I mean, James Harden, I think, will get the greatest honorable mention of all time in the MVP race. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a good series. But I just feel bad for Russ. I mean, he can do it all. But at the end of the day, you can't do it all alone in basketball. All right. Well, let's switch it over to one which series might be one of the most interesting and the most detrimental to the rest of the team after the season's over, the L.A. Clippers versus the Utah Jazz. Uh, basically, if L.A. Clippers lose, it might be time to break down. And if Utah Jazz lose, I think Gordon Hayward's leaving. So right now, the Clippers are up 2-1. to one. Blake Griffin's out for the rest of the series. We also know Rudy Gobert suffered an injury earlier in the series. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you on this one. Uh, what are you looking at? We had Utah take the first lead, 1-0, but then they lost the last two games. So what are you, what's your thoughts on that series? Chris Paul, Chris Paul, CP3, CP3, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul. I mean, with Blake Griffin out, Rudy Gobert hurt, it's like, who's the best player left? Chris Paul is, and he dominated in Game 3, and that's why they won. Um, and we're seeing, you know, Chris Paul was playing like an MVP on an MVP level early in the season, and it's because of Russell Westbrook and James Harden that we didn't value what he was doing. Then he got hurt. Well, he's back to that level, and it needs to be seen and it needs to be respected. I just don't think if they advance past this round where they're going from there. You know, like all they have is Chris Paul, in my opinion, right now, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, they're they're just lacking depth. And I think the Blake Griffin injury, just like we've seen the past couple of seasons, was the dagger in their heart. But I think they'll beat the Jazz, especially uh, with Gobert out. I mean, he's the top defensive center in the NBA, and that means a lot because the Clippers are scoring 16 points more per game in the paint with Rudy Gobert out. Uh, than they did in the regular season against the Jazz. And that that's just something that can't be overlooked. All right, Kelsey, I'm going to go to you. Clippers or Jazz? I'm going to – first of all, let me let me say this. I feel so bad for the Clippers. The Blake Griffin injury couldn't have come at a worse time. I thought back in when they blew the 3-1 lead to Houston, and then, of course, in 2016, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul had the injuries. And then this year, Blake has the injuries. So, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but I think they're in the best spot 
right now going against Utah. And I'm going to pick the Clippers to win it because, as Chris said, Chris Paul is doing it all. I mean, he has data to prove basically everyone wrong. He's playing MVP caliber right now um, in the playoffs. And I think the Clippers will lock this up. But Blake, I mean, he just really hurt the team because I put them going further in the West, but now I can't. Uh, with the Blake Griffin injury because DeAndre Jordan, as Chris said, is really the only other option, and those two alone I don't think will be enough to really get them far in the West. All right, James? Clippers just can't get over the hump. That's, it's, it's just plain it's plain simple. Clippers will never get over the hump. They have to dismantle that team. And then you know, then uh, Blake has to go. Blake should go to Oklahoma, honestly. He should go back home and play with uh, Russell Westbrook. Somehow, some way, they got to dismantle that team. It's, it's, they never can get over the hump. So they win this round, and then what happens next? They lose in the second round again and again. It's a curse. The Clippers have a curse. That's just it. Clippers going, Clippers going clip. That's what they do. So, yeah, you know. they clip. I, I don't know if you guys remember last season. All of this could have been averted if they would have just sent Kevin Durant to the Clippers for Blake yep. Griffin, like I said initially. And then there wouldn't be a problem. The Clippers would have been undefeated the entire season. But, you know, whatever. So, let's, let's transition over to the East Coast. We got uh, – Boston versus Chicago, which I thought was a pretty big series. A lot of people had Chicago beating Boston. I did. Um, so let's get to it. <laughs> right now, Chicago's up 2-1, but they also have Rajon Rondo out for the series, and they look completely different without Rondo on the floor. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you. Does Boston have a chance now that Rondo's out? Absolutely. And the reason I say that is because of what I saw in Game 3. I mean, it was so frustrating to watch. There was one point, there's just one play that just I keep seeing in my mind. Jimmy Butler gets Isaiah Thomas on the post. No one's on his backside, and he puts his hand up like, throw me the ball, okay? Dwayne Wade proceeds to look at him and say, oh, no, I'm not throwing that in there. Dribbles to his right, three guys surround him in the paint, and he throws a brick off the backboard. Then, like, three other times down the court, he could make easy passes, and he's just, like, taking fadeaway jumpers and going for self. And I'm like, is Dwayne Wade basically just like, I'm going to try to score 25 or 30 points? I don't care what happens. That's what it seems like. He thinks he's flashed from 2006, and he clearly is not. I mean, you saw the dunk on the breakaway or the missed <laughs> dunk, whatever you want to call it. Mike Murray, Gabrielle Union got at him. I mean, come on. Like, I, I just I, – without Rondo, I just don't see how they do it. That's interesting that you say he looked off Jimmy Butler because I know earlier in the week um, Dwayne Wade compared Jimmy Butler to LeBron James back when they were in Miami. So it's kind of odd that he he's kind of like battling with that within himself right now. He doesn't want to necessarily hand it over to him. So, uh, Kelsey, let's go to you. Boston versus Chicago. Which which side are you leading on? Of course, before the Rondo in, uh, before the Rondo injury, I think we were all excited that Chicago was actually looking like they could overtake the Boston Celtics. But as Chris said, the last game, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was just running so easily through double teams. It didn't even look like he really struggled. He did not come off the dribble. Boston just looks, I mean, the Chicago Bulls, they just look lost. And it was really apparent. Rondo, I do have to say, I hope he doesn't keep trying to trip people on the bench um, as he sees his Bulls struggle. But Dwayne Wade, I mean, Jimmy Butler, if they keep playing like they did, uh, the last game, the series will be quickly over. But I think they do have a chance to hopefully at least make it a little bit interesting. I mean, what I saw the last game, it really was embarrassing for the Chicago Bulls after they started so promising. Uh, but now we see the Boston Celtics, they've got it together. They had five players scoring double figures. And now I really think they're about to uh, take all the next games in the series. All right, James, jump in. What would you think? With, with Rajon Rondo gone, 
there's nobody really to distribute the ball for the Chicago Bulls. So I say Isaiah Thomas puts the Celtics back on his back. He's back from, you know, with, with this tragedy that happened to him and his family. And they take this and they run with it. And they go on to the second round. I guess I guess I'm gonna be the eyeballer. I still think Chicago's gonna get Boston. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I feel like wow. D Wade might take wow. some more of the ball handling responsibilities, and they'll actually point that out in film. Like, hey, when Jimmy has somebody in the post, you gotta give it to him. That's barbecue chicken. You gotta feed him. So I feel like <laughs> they go, they may lean on Carter Williams a little bit more. Carter Williams gotta be more of a ball distributor. He he was oh. known for that in college. Oh, He's a great please. passer. Oh. Oh wait! Okay. Oh my God! Is it slander time? It's slander time. Oh. I thought we were waiting on. <laughs> I, I I I think you know typically you wait for a guy to be like over thirty to be like yeah he's right. washed. He's man, washed. put that man. Get some detergent. Get it ready. Right. I mean he's he's done, man. Especially yeah. with this point guard crop coming in next year. Right. Like he might not have well, a spot on the roster in two years. He might be. Done. He might be back in the NBD league. I mean, put it like this, straight-up question. Would you rather have Quinn Cook or Michael Carter-Williams? Like, I might rather have Quinn Cook, a guy that can shoot and just yeah, like, a shooter, be a so B.J. Armstrong type, right. as opposed to a dude that, like, turns the ball over a lot, can't shoot the <laughs> jumper. I mean, Milwaukee was like, look, we're done with this dude. We, we, we're building a team of a bunch of guys that are super tall, can't really shoot and long, and it seemed like Michael Carter-Williams fit, and it's like – um. You you don't blend in with what we're doing here. Right. Like he can't fit in with that team. I mean Tony Snell is looking great now. Great. Like mm-hmm. come on man, come on. I guess started, I guess I'm still just holding out. I'm holding out hope because I was a big Sean Livingston fan, and Carter Williams reminds me of him so much. I feel like it's not over for him. He just needs to be in the right fit, and I feel like he has. He still has the talent. He just for, for whatever reason he hasn't found his niche in the league. And I, I feel like now could be his chance to shine because they need a distributor. They need a ball, somebody to get the ball to other players to get everybody involved, and he could do it, especially Rick. with a bigger matchup against um, Isaiah Thomas. I'm just holding out hope because that's my light-skinned brother. You know? Ray, Ray, Ray is good. parched. Ray is parched. <laughs> somebody get him some something to drink. He's parched. So, <laughs> I will say – I'm done. <laughs> I'll say one thing about Michael Carter-Williams, right? And this is kind of where the conundrum is, right? In the NBA – you get a guy that has to be ball dominant, right? Whether it's Giannis or Russell Westbrook or James Harden, like these are incredible players. And then you have to have role players that can just do their thing when they get the ball in limited situations. And which, like Kawhi Leonard, is both of those guys, you know, depending on what the situation is. Right. Michael Carter Williams, you know, when he was in Philly, just had the ball in his hands all the time. People forget that Gravis Vasquez was like second in the NBA in assists per game in one season when he played with New Orleans. Why? Because he just had the ball all the time. So Michael Carter-Williams had one of those seasons, and then people got disillusioned with him as being like this really good, if not great player. But you get him on a team with other people that are better than he is, that need the ball, and it's like he doesn't fit. And the first thing I saw with him was when – he was playing with Giannis, and Giannis like spun baseline and threw mm-hmm. him a pass underneath the basket, and he dropped the ball, and Giannis looked at him like, and then he looked at Giannis and was like, "What are you doing throwing that pass?" And Giannis was like, "You're under the basket. I'm trying to get an assist. You just turned it into a turnover." And I was like, "He's done here. He's done." And that's he's just I don't know if he's good enough. Nope, Chris, I'm, I'm gonna take another step further. He has the Jeremy Lin aspect. It's the same thing. Oh, Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Boom. And that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to go into it. That's all I'm going to say. Jeremy Lin. Forget that's Lin. It. He couldn't go left anyway. Yep, exactly. 
I never went left. I, I never understood how he scored on people. <laughs> Yo, it, 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 it was, was crazy. The shade room for the second half of the show, James. We we just I met mean, Chris. We can't just go right into it right now. Like, we got to save something. All right, all right. <laughs> he just already slammed it. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, like I said, I still got Chicago winning that series. That's just me. So let's go ahead and switch over to Cleveland versus Indiana. This one, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm really shocked. I thought Indiana was going to get Cleveland also. I guess I was just riding with all the underdogs this, these playoffs. I really thought Indiana after game one. I thought they were going to get game one. And then after the game one, I said, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to beat Cleveland now. And now they're down 3-0 and about to lose game four. So yeah. I'm going to go straight to you, Chris. What's your thoughts on that series? Men lie, women lie, numbers, numbers don't. don't. <laughs> LeBron James has not lost a first-round game since 2012. Think about that. Wow. Okay, five years, and you thought that a team with Jeff Teague and Lance make them dance, Stevenson <laughs> and Monte Ellis, like Paul George is like I'm with I'm like running a kindergarten camp with these fools, yep. and you thought they were gonna beat LeBron James. He's like, you know what, Kyrie, Kevin Love, y'all sit on the bench in the fourth quarter. I got this, right? Dad <laughs> Young, don't come to the basket with that. I'm punching it out. Like, from underneath the rim, it's going out of bounds, and I'm going to look at you after. It's, it's like people forget that how good LeBron James is. Like yep. you got to look at another team's roster and be like, okay, do they have any 1A guys? Okay, they got Paul George. Okay, how many 1B guys or 2A guys do they have? Because LeBron James is equivalent to two or three all-stars. Right. So if you only got one, you ain't beating them. I can see that. that I guess that's what I'm so thinking. It was more so sort of wishful thinking. I, I really wanted to see Very wishful thinking. <laughs> I wanted to see them implode for some reason. No. I just I, I don't mean, like the, how they, they always skate to the Eastern Conference Finals and into the Finals. I wanted them to have some type of battle but, on their way. Nah, so, man. I grew up like. a Knicks fan. Get them out of here. I think of, you know, Rick Smith, Reggie Miller, those Davis brothers. Yep. I hope that they lose for a thousand years, and I hope that they always think they're going to be good. And I hate Hoosiers. It was a terrible movie. It's overrated. Anything dealing with that state, I'm out. So get them out of here. LeBron James. LeBron oh James. LeBron James. No sympathy for them. All right, Kelsey. Nope. Ouch. I mean, well, I don't hate them that much. I have family in Indiana, so I can't co-sign on any of that stuff that you just oh said, Chris. God. But <laughs> hate, 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 hate. I mean, <laughs> after they let the Cavs come back, twenty-five points, I was done. I was, I was furious because I thought they would at least get that game. And it really just, as Chris said, it proves how great Cleveland is. But let's not lie. Nobody thought the Indiana Pacers would really, except for you, Ray, thought that they would really rival the Cavs in any way, shape, form, or anything because. They just don't have the weapons to do it. I was most excited really after the game to see who Paul George was going to blame uh, for the loss. Um, but that's just how bad it's gotten. And like you said, Ray, they're about to lose this next one. Cavs are about to sweep. Boring Maybe. series. I'm just waiting for the hopefully the Washington Wizards to face them. So, yeah. Oh, here you oh, go. Well, here we go. <laughs> I had to put that plug in. <laughs> I'm just convinced that uh, Ray just goes against the grain all the time. So, just whatever he says, I'm just going to go against whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's just it. And right. I, I, actually, Indiana's up by two points right now. A minute and thirty-one seconds left. But LeBron. They also the let the Cavs so come back twenty-five points. points. Yeah, I Can't don't know. We'll see. Them. We'll see. Uh, Paul George has missed a jump shot, so we'll see. And LeBron <laughs> just hit a three, so they were up two points. So Cleveland's up. Wow. <laughs> see how oh, quickly wow. they let leads go. <laughs> wow. Just like that. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the Toronto versus Milwaukee matchup. 
Oh, this is okay. a very interesting matchup. I thought Toronto, like I said, I thought Toronto was going to um, take it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're having some troubles with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's lineup is very versatile. Like you said earlier, they're long. They're all athletic. They're all young. They can run. So, series is tied 2-2, headed back to Toronto. Chris, what's your thoughts on that series? <sighs> I'm the president of the Giannis Antetokounmpo fan club. <laughs> so, I, I, I'll break it down for you this way, again, statistically, because I did this about a week or two ago. Um, and I tried to, like, post it on social media, and I think it was too dorky for people. But I did a comparison of all the guys that went from high school straight to the league because that's essentially what Giannis did. No one really understands that about him because he started playing pro when he was 16 in Greece. But I compared him to Kobe after four seasons, LeBron after four seasons, Kevin Garnett, and Tracy McGrady. He has the highest offensive rating of those players. He has the highest efficiency rating. I'm talking about for the first four years of his career, including this season. The only 21-year-old that I could find that had a better season at 21 years old was Michael Jordan. Wow. That's it. I tried to find someone else. I was like, all right, who else was really dope? Um, And Michael Jordan was the only guy who was better at this age. And I think once you process that, you have to understand what we're seeing. And I think – the moment that stands out most for me in this series is when Giannis looked at Serge Ibaka and he was like, okay, I'm coming off this pick and roll, but I'm going to drive into you and bumped him twice and then dunked on him. And I was like, he dunked through the best shot blocker on the court, yep. the strongest guy. He went through him. He's supposed to be a weak you know, type of player that has to finesse, right? No, he's very strong even though he's slim. He's very quick. And, I mean, the guy was grabbing the rim and touching the floor at the same time. I can go on and on. I mean, I can do the statistical breakdown however you want it. I still think the Raptors win this series because they have a better team. They're older and they're very good defensively, as we saw in the last game. But I think Giannis is something special, and they're one or two players away from being able to make a run at Cleveland in the playoffs. I agree. Wow. I agree. So, Giannis is better than Jordan. That's what I got from that. No, 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 you didn't hear that. No, that's not what you heard. You heard that the only person at 21 years old statistically that was better than Giannis is Michael Jordan. Even LeBron's uh, 21-year-old season, he actually was not as good as Giannis statistically, which is I can't even believe that as I say it. See, Chris, you got to watch Ray, man. He, he, he likes to twist. Yeah, you tried to He'll flip try to that one. Under the yeah. Bus. yeah, he was, he was, he you had the burger on the grill. Was like flip. Yeah, oh, I nah, man, you ain't gonna yeah, catch me you. slipping. <laughs> I got you. You said Giannis is better than Kobe. I, we're good. I got you. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I agree. Yeah, yes, so he, we're good. Giannis will be better than Kobe. He will be because whoa, Chris, everything. Whoa, whoa. All the stats say it. Everything well, says it. James numbers lie. <laughs> numbers lie sometimes when it comes to injuries. Whoa, 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 James Chris, doesn't whoa. believe in stats. You can hit him with whatever numbers. It doesn't matter. Numbers do lie sometimes, but when all of the numbers stack up, um, yeah. All right, let's just say he has a tremendous upside right now. We're going to keep it at that. Kobe, that's a stretch. Come on. Number number three all time, Chris? Number, number three, three all time? In scoring. That's, he's the man. Oh, my bad. I thought you were saying he's like the third best player all time. No, no, uh, second best player of all time. Honestly. Who is? Kobe what? Bryant. Slam dunk giant. Kobe There's Jean no Bryant. one that believes that. Like, you, what? I think you're on an island by yourself <laughs> let's, let's in put, Antarctica. Ladies There's and no gentlemen, let's, that put out, let's put out a, to, uh, a, a uh, poll right now, please. Kobe Bryant, the second best player of all time, honestly. Who do, and so you have he, MJ He's not him. better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
He's not even close. He's not better than LeBron James. LeBron James' career is already better. Oh, my God, Chris. It's true. Kobe's not even the best Laker of all time. Like, come on, man. We are, are we always have Yeah, time? Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was better than Kobe Bryant, man. Right, guys, uh, my, my, I, have yeah. to, I have static on the line. I don't think my Tim Duncan. <laughs> Tim Duncan was better than. Oh my God! Oh my God! Chris, Chris you Chris, can't say anything me. to James. He doesn't listen. Chris, you're killing Kobe. me right now. And here's the <laughs> thing. And here's the thing. I'm a. I will tell you this much. I'm reading a book about Kobe, uh, about Kobe Bryant's life right now. So I respect Kobe. Right. But I think he's in that seven to twelve range, man. He's not what? a top fiver. Yeah. What? Here's the thing. If you look at his teams yeah. when he was the Lone Ranger, yeah. they were subpar teams. LeBron still, took a subpar won. team still, to the finals. But he still won with a subpar team. They didn't make the playoffs. He won two champions. He won two championships. With, 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 with a subpar team? You uh, call uh, it a subpar yeah, team? Yeah, yeah Tyrosol and Lamar Odom. That's it. That's you not a subpar team. What? That's a subpar team. That's, that's, going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think Tyrosol, you realize how, how talented Lamar Odom was. And don't forget Ron Ron, big head, big apple head, Ron Artest. When, when, when Ron Ron wanted to play, when he wanted to play, well, he helped us out in one championship. <laughs> well, Lamar Odom was probably the top five best power forwards in the I league at the time. The I used to yeah. know part team. Listen, yeah, you forget he, how he good complimented Lamar Kobe was. perfectly. Guys, yeah. I'm not gonna get this. This is crazy. I mean, yes. now I'm biased <laughs> because I played against Lamar Odom in high school, and I was like, right. "How are we supposed to win this?" And we won the city championship against him, and I'm like. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened because so my depiction of Lamar Odom is at this place that I don't think the world got to see and it's sad to me but like from a talent perspective. No, dude, I remember man. I remember Lamar Odom. Odom is great. I mean, he's one of the greatest to come out of the city. Christ the King. I remember everything. I get it. But when it, something happened when he went to with the Lakers, like it, it was like everybody was under that trance. I think we know fun. now what happened. Whatever. It was a oh, fluffy yeah, yeah, substance. Yeah, yeah, besides, yeah, besides, yeah, besides. But, I think uh, we know now. He was one of the greatest. He was one of the greatest skilled big men of, 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 I think, of all time because he could dribble just like a point guard. I get it. But back to Kobe, guys, guys, seriously, guys. Kobe is like the second best player of all time. Seriously, this is not the no, Kobe he's, this is playoff. He's the second Kobe. best. He's the second best shooting that. guard of all time, and that's arguable because of a guy named Allen Iverson. Oh my God, right, Chris, 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 Chris. All right, Chris, we're gonna stop right there. Second best. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll stop with. Kobe's best. the second best shooting guard, but Allen Iverson's not that far behind. He's not that far behind, but he's behind. He's behind. He's just. Sorry, that's <laughs> me, guys. I'm, I'm at work and I can't stop the hotline from blinging. No, that's all right. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's a hotline. But Chris, it just goes off. Oh, uh, it just. Uh, by the way, it just ended. Uh, Cleveland won 106-102. Indiana's gone, swept. Or well, not? As well, we said. Well, almost. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the fourth game or the third game? That was four. That's four. That's all. That's, all right, all right, this yep, all right, they're out. Put the kids Goodbye. to bed. Yeah. Goodbye, Indiana. But, Chris, we're going to have to talk about this <laughs> some other time. We're going to have to talk about this some other Paul time. Paul George to the Knicks? What? Oh, wow. Who said that? Get Phil out of here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm taking over the show. You guys, get, get, these, get, the, get the wheels back on this thing. I'm, I'm off the road. All right. So let's, Range Rover. Let's, pull, let's, reel it back in. Right. let's reel it back in. Washington versus Atlanta. This is Kelsey's going to take over this segment now. So the Wizards are um, they're on 2-1 right now down in Atlanta. Atlanta stole one last night. Um, Bradley Bill didn't play that well. Markeith Morris didn't play well either. It was pretty much a John Wall show, and he didn't have enough. Uh, Paul Millsap dominated with 29 points. So, like I said, the Wizards lead 2-1 to one right now. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you first because once Kelsey gets it, it's over. 
<laughs> Atlanta versus uh, Atlanta versus Washington. What's your thoughts? So, uh, all right. I mean, you know, I'm dialed into this particular series. I have to watch every game. Um, scoring John Wall is amazing to watch. Behind the back, left dunk. I mean, come on, man. That's like something you don't see in a game. That's like a, you know, a Drew League moment. But if he hits don't 10 12 trouble, shots man. and scores 29 points but only has seven assists, and Marching Gortat only takes – four shots, and Markeith Morris is four for 14, and Bradley Beal's 0 for 6 from 3, and shoots 6 for 20 from the field. I mean, that's what it takes for the scrub beep Hawks to win, okay? The Hawks are, are, are bad. They're not good. They're barely a playoff team in my not-so-humble opinion about it. So we need Markeith Morris to shut his mouth, all right, stop complaining to the referees, because since he did that, he has more fouls than rebounds, Okay. That's the guy that needs to step up and play defense on Paul Millsap, stop running his mouth, and everything will be fine. Because the only reason this is a series is because the Wizards went to Atlanta a day early, you know, probably got into some extracurriculars, and they didn't play defense in game three. That's all I got on them. James, you want to go first or you want to let Kelsey have it? Man, let me go before Kelsey. Listen. <laughs> Listen, watch wow. the Wizards. Washington, Washington Wizards got it. Uh, Atlanta, even with even with the fact that they have a big man, well, sort of a big man. I don't like Dwight Howard. He messed up my team, Lakers, forever. But uh, even though that, even though with Dwight Howard there, it's like he's not he's a non-factor. And I, and I yeah, Washington's gonna run a ramp it. It's, it's over. It's over. They're going back to DC. They're gonna they're gonna win it out. It's over. It's over. Atlanta, go. All right, Kelsey, take over. Well. I'm I'm actually going to be good this series. Of course, I agree with Chris. I think the Wizards went a day early. I don't think they gave their all. He said only John Wall showed up. Bradley Bill, I was searching for him the whole game. Markeith Morris, I was also searching for him. Gortat wasn't winning that battle. I mean, it was just – it was bad basketball other than John Wall. And, of course, John Wall didn't get his usual assist. So, everybody wasn't as involved in the game. But, as you guys have said, I'm not worried about Atlanta. I have us taking the next two games. And by us, of course, I mean the Wizards. I really – it'll come back to D.C. It'll be a wrap. It'll be fun. It's over. Um as you guys said, I mean, who does Atlanta have? Of course, Dwight Howard, ex-Superman, he's not really doing stuff anymore. Uh, Millsap and Morris are just getting too lovey-dovey and going back and forth at each other. Um, Atlanta just doesn't have the weapons to really go far in this playoff run. And I think they caught Washington at a good time. I think they'll bounce back um, on Monday night against the Hawks. But John Wall, of course, I'm sure he's talking to all of them. Because John Wall, this is the year for the Wizards to go further than they ever have, I think, with John Wall. Of course, we can remember two years ago when he hurt his wrist, but now that everyone's healthy, there's no excuse for the Wizards not to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh. I agree. Like, we had a conversation last night, Kelsey. I said, Washington's taking the next two games. This series will be over in five. So, that's sad on that. Anybody else got anything want to make it on the playoffs or we want to move on? No, we're moving on. All right. So John Wall should be an all-NBA player, by the way. That's yeah, all I got on should. that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree, agree with agree. that one. I, I think he should have actually received some MVP votes as well, too. I think he should be in the top yep. five in MVP votes. But He doesn't get respect right. in Washington. It's quite simple. Most improved player, Beal? No. You, you I mean, think he's going to like, No. No? I think Beal's like fifth Jackson. on the list. Giannis is going to win the award. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think you know, our boy Jokic from Denver, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, yeah. right. that's right. That's right. I forgot about him. What about Isaiah Thomas? You don't think he gets most improved player? He doesn't play any no. defense. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, right. like, every any award, that's my thing with him. He, uh-huh. Like, no defense. 
at all. Right. How are you going to give somebody an award for playing half the court? Off topic, Chris, what's, what high school did you go to in the city? Uh, Rice. Oh, you went to Rice? You see that? That's that's wow. the reaction I used to get, but now I'm down here. No one knows what that is. Wow, you went yeah. to Rice? Like like my whole not to not to get off topic, guys. Uh, my whole AAU team was from Rice, so that's why I know mostly guys. Gauchos or Riverside? No, Riverside all day. Riverside all day. Ernie like Lorch. Of course, you know it. Uh, uh Derm. Uh, oh, uh, Derm. Ah, yeah. oh, that yeah. snake in the grass. Let me stop. <laughs> All day, uh, Paul Suber, you know, you know, it was Riverside all day. Yeah, I've known Durham my whole life. Yeah, Coach P. Yep, I remember all those guys. All right, guys, sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. We we had a Harlem moment. <laughs> we'll yeah, let we y'all have the moment. New York yeah. moment. <laughs> Uno tres nueve. Yeah. Who just had happen? Yeah. All right, back to right, Well, since we're speaking in New York, speaking in New York, you know what time it is. I'm happy we got Chris here on the date on the show today. I'm no longer on the island by myself. Let's talk New York Knicks basketball. <laughs> Phil Jackson and his reckless mouth talking crazy. So he said a lot of things about Carmelo lately. Carmelo's having a really bad two weeks, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Phil Jackson said some comments about Carmelo. Chris, I'm going to go to you first on this, but I want to I want to say my piece. I feel as though if, if, if Phil Jackson wants to trade Carmelo so bad, he shouldn't be talking about him in the public because you can't yep. sell a car after you tell everybody how bad the car is broken down. You're just messing yep. up the value of that car. But that's just me being a smart person. But Chris, I'll, t- I'll send it to you. Bill Jackson and the Knicks. Go. Forget, forget Melo. Okay, I, that's that's such a saga oh that has been talked about I'm so now. much. Yo, poor Zing God, going <laughs> to Latvia. Like yo, I'm not going to this interview. I hate you, Phil Jackson. Yep. That's <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Get him out of here. In fact, I saw the picture of Phil on the bus, and I'm like, yeah, he's doing a Spike Lee joint. Get on the bus. Get out of town, <laughs> Phil Jackson. Yep. If he doesn't get out of town before the start of next season, hey, I might have to go, you know, masked up, hoodied up, <laughs> come catch Phil, leaving, you know. <laughs> Recorded live. What happened to Phil Jackson? Those guys from Harlem got him. <laughs> That's what might happen if he's there next season because – I mean, what, let's say the, the the Knicks luck out. They have like an 8% chance of the top pick in the draft, and we get my guy Markel Fultz, okay? Okay, okay. Then, then Phil's going to ruin that too? Get yeah. him out of there while we still have hope. Because I yeah. can imagine a team with Melo, Porzingod, Markel, maybe a free agent. Okay, we're working yeah. with something again. No, right. look at everyone he traded, okay? Tim Hardaway Jr. balling Ooh, out, balling. you know? Guys are champions. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Shepard are champions. Get him out of here, man. He's ruining everything. I I mean, the apple was already rotten, but he's making it worse. Yeah, I lost respect for for Phil, honestly, as as anything. I lost respect for him, especially when he made that comment about LeBron James. The posse. uh, Come on, man. Come on. There's there's no room for that. That's a fireable offense. I'm looking at anything that can get him fired. Yeah. Right. He just wants his money. If he gets fired, he gets the money. So just fire him already. I mean, you pay you pay everybody off, Dolan, so just fire him and pay him. All right, That's before all we get too deep into it, let me go over his record since joining the Knicks. 2015, they were 17-65. and 2016, they were 32-50. and 50. And 2017, they were 31-51. and 51. Mind you, wow. before yeah. Phil Jackson came to the Knicks, the four years prior to Phil Jackson coming no. to the Knicks, Melo had, had the, the Knicks in the playoffs three out of those four years. So – People tend to blame everything on Melo when it really looks like it's Phil Jackson's issue. So we asked the crowd noise. Uh, so President Phil Jackson, how do you guys approve of his job with the Knicks? 
10% said they approve, 90% said they don't approve. I feel like that was me and Chris clicking no over and over and over again. But <laughs> it's common knowledge that he hasn't been doing a good job, and he's just sitting there taking that money, man. It's just, it just so – it angers me so much when people blame Melo for that. Right. I feel like he's going to take off his yeah. Phil Jackson mask one day, and we're going to see Donald Trump. He's like, oh, now we get it. <laughs> now we understand. I have to give props to the Knicks fans for still showing up loyally to the Garden all the time just to see really what has become embarrassing. Well, those uh, ain't loyal York. Knicks fans. Those are people going to they an are. event. Those are <laughs> event people. They to go to the event to watch. Like you said, the only thing I'm excited about is Christophus Porzingis. And other than that, I mean, Knicks, they have a lot of rebuilding to do. And what he said about Carmelo, I think it's just been, it's been ridiculous. I've never seen stuff like this. And it's sad that, you know, everyone, it's on public display for everyone to watch and see. And as Ray said, 31 games, unacceptable. I'm just happy to hear James actually giving us some props today. He hasn't slandered the yeah. Knicks not one part no, of this segment. I, I won't. He I actually won't. hasn't. He's been good today. I, I, won't, I, won't, <laughs> I, won't, I won't. I won't slander. I won't slander at all today. Just for today. Wait, uh, I do have a question really quick, though. Chris, where did you hear this Paul George to the Knicks? Was that with you just throwing something out there? Oh, what? no, I just made that up. I'm just a dreamer, okay? I also said Mark hey, Schultz to the Knicks. All right, this is, these are dreams that hopefully one day will come true. <laughs> Porzingis hey, at the we got, five. Kuzmingis. You know, just people with three-syllable last names. Get them all over the roster, except Vucevic. I mean, Vujicic, my bad. I wish we had Vucevic. But anyway, yeah, just just load the roster up with all of those guys, and a Markel Fultz and a Paul George will be straight. So, you think, world, so how do you feel about Jeff Hornacek? Do you think Jeff Hornacek is the right coach? I have no idea because all I hear is triangles, you know, right. circles <laughs> and squares. It's like we're in kindergarten with little blocks. This is, this is terrible. These guys talking about Tetris. We're talking about basketball, not geometry. Basketball, not geometry. All right, so yeah. let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about ba- uh, baseball. So we had the Los Angeles Dodgers. They uh, brought out a statue for the legendary Jackie Jackie Robinson. So um, you guys, it was a bronze statue. They unveiled it last Saturday at Dodger Stadium, right in front of the stadium. It's a pretty nice statue. So I'll go to you first, Kelsey. Kelsey, what's your thoughts? I mean, I don't think I have to say much except for the fact that I'm so happy that the Dodgers organization did this. Um, I love that the CEO basically said that he's the first of a series of sculptures that will be honoring Dodgers greats. My favorite part was seeing Rachel Robinson was there, um, his wife, to see the statue grow up, 94 years old. And as you guys probably know, she hasn't been in the best health. And, of course, I love that they did it on Jackie Robinson Day. Um, and they put it in the part of the stadium that gets the most traffic. And I love that he's frozen in time, filling uh, home. It's just, it's perfect. And it's well-deserved, well-honored. And I really hope everybody walking by truly remembers uh, what Jackie Robinson did for baseball. And the two kids were there. Like, it doesn't get any better better than that. Chris, did you get a chance to see the statue? Uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I think the the best thing about, you know, Major League Baseball with Jackie Robinson is the Jackie Robinson day and, and every team wearing the jersey, I, you know, with no names on the back. I, I think that's pretty cool, especially, mm-hmm. you know, being here in D.C. and just seeing Nationals jerseys with, you know, like, oh, that's a cool Jackie Robinson jersey to have. I, I think that's part of keeping the legacy alive and keeping his name um, current. You know, so statue is cool, but I think they do a lot of things to keep him relevant, and I think that's really awesome. All right, so let's talk one more thing. Uh, football. Let's just go ahead and go right into the NFL. We had the New England Patriots visit the White House. Uh, there was a team <laughs> circling around. <laughs> you guys, I know you guys all saw that. I tweeted that a couple of times. Uh, basically, it showed 
the comparison from back when the Patriots won previously. I'll read the verb real quick. Uh, 34 players were present Wednesday afternoon on the South Lawn, a total that was similar to the past visits in 2004 and 2005, but it was noticed to be fewer than in 2002 and 2015. Uh, basically, in the comparison, back in 2015, they had everyone on the podium, but then they had players going all up the side stairwells. But this one here, it seemed like it was about maybe 15 players behind President Trump, and then that was about it. So I'm going to go to you first, Chris. What was your thoughts on that photo in the comparison of the two pictures? So what's most interesting is I've, I've been able to talk to different football players throughout their careers about visiting the White House, okay? And I actually covered um, Devin McCourty when he was in high school. So I saw he was one of the players that spoke out that blatantly said, look, it's because Donald Trump is president. I don't want to go there because I feel like, you know, what that would mean to my daughter. Same thing with um, – I think it's Chris Long also said something on those lines. Um, but it's interesting because I know a player that went to the White House when Barack Obama was there, and that's Malcolm Jenkins, who coincidentally has spent time in D.C. trying to change laws when it comes to police violence, when it comes to different issues um, inside of the black community. So the fact that this wasn't just a black or white issue with the white house but it's a, a social issue i think speaks volumes you know it's it's about guys that have daughters it's about guys that have moms it's about you know guys that have sisters and they all had an issue with going to the White House after winning the Super Bowl. And I don't know if we've ever seen that before from any professional team um, since I've been seeing these White House visits. James, what, James, what were your thoughts on the uh, the photo that you saw circling online? I mean, it's like this, man. Like, you know, the players have spoken. You know, like it's, it's about time that players speak up, you know, and, and, and value their opinion. I mean, I uh, mean – Devin McCourty are from the same town, so uh, I'm happy that he stepped up and uh, had something to say about it. And uh, it's about time, you know, players stop. It's about time players come out, you know, out, out and speak on political issues because you know they are role models and and people do follow what they, what they do on and off the field. And Kelsey, I thought it was interesting that a lot of the big name players, not just it was like you said, uh, like Chris said, it was a lot of diversity. Like you know, Tom Brady didn't show up, but um. LeGarrette Blunt didn't show, but they all had different reasons. But it was it was amazing that it was so many of the high-profile players, and that seemed to be more of the story. But, uh, Kelsey, what's your right. thoughts? Yeah, I will, I'll say this. So I studied sports and politics in undergrad at Maryland in college, and I'm so happy that now we're finally seeing them kind of come hand-in-hand in, hand in the fact that people, when this happened at the White House, people were no, no longer saying sports and politics should be separate. We saw firsthand that they're both having a seat at the table, and President Trump and his first official visit to the White House got to see it, and a team that he supports, which was obviously just crazy in itself. Um, and, of course, you have players with different reasons saying this happened or that happened. But I think now we're going to start to see in pre- President Trump's uh, presidency a lot of players really start to voice their political opinions. And as you guys know, I set the White House last year, and I went purposely last year to go to President Obama's last visit when he welcomed the Chicago Cubs. And most notably, Jake Arrieta was not there um, because he did not agree fully with President Obama's political stances. I think now with President Trump, we'll see it more and more and more. And then we had Jacob Brissett, who, of course, went to the White House. And he thanked President Obama while he was at the White House uh, to see President Trump for their Super Bowl win. So I think we're going to see it more and more. I do think it was interesting President Trump got 
Twitter finger happy again and tweeted out that, of course, he's like, well, the staffers were on the lawn, and then the Patriots PR department basically said the same thing. Um, so we are going to see more and more sports and politics going hand in hand. But it's, it's just very interesting, I think, that it happened with the Patriots organization, who I think some people didn't think they would have as many players not show up um, as they did. Let's jump right into the NFL schedule release. So the NFL released their upcoming uh, schedule. We're going to talk over some of the key games. Uh, week one, on Thursday, we have the season kickoff. The Kansas City Chiefs will go to the Patriots, where basically the Patriots will get their ring ceremony and trophy ceremony and everything. Um, week seven, we have a Super Bowl matchup of the Falcons at the Patriots. Week 11 is the Mexico City game, where New England will face the uh, Oakland Raiders. The Thanksgiving games will be Vikings at Lions, L.A. Chargers at Cowboys, the Giants at the Redskins. I know, Kelsey, we'll definitely have to go to that game. Uh, week 16, <laughs> Christmas Day, we'll have Steelers at the Texans and the Raiders at the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you guys seen the schedule. Who do you guys – what are you guys' thoughts on the schedule? Chris, I'll go to you first. Any games you're looking forward to? Um, Every game that the New York football Giants play that I can watch. <laughs> that's, that's where I stand on it. I mean, I just think the NFL, it's – because there's only 16 games in the season – it's just always fun to see what matchup, you know, from the NFC East every week. You know, like, okay, the Redskins are playing the Cowboys. Okay, I want to check both of those out. The Giants are playing the Cowboys. I want to check both of those out. You see what I mean? It's never like, oh, it's a new season and these teams are playing. I love it from start to finish. And as long as Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers and as long as Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, I think it's it's a blast every week. That's how I feel about the NFL. All right, Kelsey, we going to that game on Thanksgiving. What's up? We might as well bring Chris with us. I'm you already know I'm looking forward to that game. Thanksgiving Day, the first time the the Redskins will host a Thanksgiving game in franchise history. But I do want to point out some interesting conversations I had with some people. So of course, Redskins and play the Giants on Thanksgiving. Of course, there's still a lot of controversy with their name. And of course, uh, one of the Native American groups issued a statement after they saw that because they basically said on the very same holiday that we celebrate Native Americans in this country, the Redskins will be playing the Giants. So they really took it uh, to offense that the NFL did something like that. So I like that the game is highlighting it, but it, I think it'll also be an interesting game. I think, Ray, if we go, we're going to have to fight through a lot of protests and a lot of different crowds because that game will be crazy. I'm also looking very forward to week seven when the Patriots and Falcons uh, meet again. I think everybody thought that might be the first game, but I think the NFL didn't want the Falcons to relive uh, that horrible Super Bowl loss uh, so early in the season. But I also think it's interesting that the L.A. teams have a lot of the same home games on uh, the same day. So I want to see how that's going to play out um, in L.A. and where the fans will go. All right, James, you got any games on the schedule you're looking forward to? I like that Mexico game. Uh, you know, my Patriots, you know, playing in Mexico. I think that's going to be a great game. That's the only game I'm looking forward to. I might try to head out there. The Mexico, Viva la Mexico. <laughs> oh, no, don't let him cross the board, please. Uh, don't let him go over please. I think it's going to be some pretty good games. We got any predictions on the Super Bowl this year? Anybody got any predictions? Oh, uh, yeah, Patriots again. I don't even. I don't even know why I asked you. I'm, I, I was asking. <laughs> I almost just threw up. Sorry. Um, every year, G men, you know, Giants. G men. That's it. Oh my God. Chris, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> well, you become a permanent member of this show. <laughs> Chris, you might become a permanent member of this show. If we're, if we're picking our own teams, though, Ray. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm a homer. You know, I'm a homer. Giants, Knicks, all day. You're no. Then I have to it, say the Ravens. We'll be in the Super Bowl, so Joe Flacco. But that's not realistic. This comes back. No, Look, let realistic. me explain to you how much of a Knicks fan I am. Okay, 
Patrick Ewing got the job here at Georgetown, right? And I was off that day. I was thinking of rolling up there and just, like, getting a one-time in the stomach. Like, why are you finger-rolling against the paces, son? What's wrong with you? You know? I mean, that, that, I, like, I, every time I see an interview, I'm looking at him like, come on, man, that finger-roll. What's wrong with you? But man? I think all he had to do was when he off, he had all intentions of dunking, but his knees said, no, 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 we're not going to get there. <laughs> finger-roll, buddy. I think he, he took off trying to dunk. I really do. I, I swear I saw Patrick Ewing on 145th Street by Riverside Riverbank Park River in Bank. like 1991, and he had he was the problem is this he was getting out of a little Mercedes Benz like an SL 500, and he saw one leg pop out and the other leg pop out, and I'm <laughs> like there that's there goes the knees. It's not from playing, it's from getting in those little cars being little a seven cars. footer. Yep. Big man <laughs> in a little car. He he didn't get it custom made. That's what happens, man, when you're cheap. See, he was being cheap. <laughs> That's like Jack yeah, Lander. Yeah, right. Like the Buick commercials. Yeah, right. Like Shaq getting in right, so little go, car. You guys want to go ahead and hop into the uh, NFL draft preview? We got a couple mock drafts um, that were released. We know everybody feels like Miles Garrett is going to go number one. Uh, then we got Mitchell Trubowski, number two. Malik Hooker, number three, Leonard Fournette, number four, and Solomon Thomas going number five. So what are you guys' thoughts on those upcoming drafts? You guys think that's how the draft is going to go? Miles Garrett, number one, automatic? Chris? I think it's pretty automatic. Yeah. Browns, don't mess that one up. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's pretty automatic. I mean, the only thing I would say is this, right? I saw Leonard Fournette as a sophomore in high school, okay? Mm -hmm. And they had pro day at his high school. <laughs> right? And this intern we had, he kept saying, You got to check out our running back at our school. He's really dope. And I'm like, All right, dude, whatever. He's like, Tyron Matthews is going to be there. I'm like, Really? The Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy finalist is going to be at your high school. So I'm going to show up. It was him, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, Patrick Peterson. And I'm like, Oh, this is like an all star squad. And I kid you not, Leonard Fournette is a sophomore in high school ran a 40 against Tyron Matthew and beat him. And I was wow, like, pretty impressive. hold on. And he was six feet tall. This kid's six feet tall in the 10th grade. And as I'm interviewing him, I'm looking at his shoulders because he's got that, you know, the defined shoulder, but he has like a muscle inside of a muscle. I'm like, I've never seen this before. And I've seen Dwight Howard's shoulders. I've seen right. LeBron's shoulders. I've never seen this before. He's a sophomore in high school. I'm like, oh, this is a bad boy, man. Right, right. This kid's going to be bad. So look, all I'm saying is, yeah, those 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 other three guys you said. Look, I get Miles Jarrett is 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 awesome, but you get in the interview room and you see this kid in person, and you think running back. I could see a team maybe going a little too high on him because he's. I think he's special. Wow. Okay. I feel like my question for the draft will be which quarterback do you think should go first? Because I feel like that's where all the controversy is and, you know, where will they be? Because, of course, San Francisco, do you think Mitchell's like a sure yep. Basuda equals garbage. Basuda equals garbage. <laughs> yep. That's what they are. Ouch. So what, what, there's going to be some dude bro. taking in the fourth or fifth round that's mad nice. Everybody yep. else is going to be like, oh, Mitchell Trubisky. The man did not know what a hard call was. I know. That was such an embarrassing interview for him. Uh, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here with that. There's yeah, other man. things he must not know. Right. But if he does go to San Francisco, do you guys like that? Uh, <laughs> I wish all bad things for San Francisco. I don't like how they're yeah. doing Kaepernick. So I wish all bad yeah. things happen to them. And only mm. 
Yeah. I I concur with that assessment. Right. <laughs> yeah, San Fran's a long story. Yeah. Scratch him out. All right, so we pretty much ran through all the headlines. Let's go ahead and head over to the crowd noise section. You know the fan interaction section of our show. We're pretty much going to run through all the polls really quickly. We're way past our time limit today, but we had an excellent show, so we're going to keep it going. We'll get the fine later on. All right, so um, I don't know if you guys saw. It was kind of crazy beef on Instagram. We had Javante. Javante Davis versus Adrian Broner, bipolar Adrian Broner. You know he's always going at somebody every week. I basically got into a heated, heated argument, going back and forth, calling each other out their names. Um, basically, I put it on a poll. Who would win that fight, Javante Davis or Adrian Broner? We have 47% say Javante Davis and 53% say Adrian Broner. I think those 53% have not seen Javante Davis box. That's just my right. personal opinion. So what's your guys' thoughts on that? I think Davis would hand Broner the problem. So, Chris, you know anything about the boxing? Nope. <laughs> I know <laughs> local boxers like Jared Hurd, you know, Mike indeed, Mike yes indeed, Mike Reed, like guys from this area. So look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an expert. I do know one thing that I would not um, punch any of those guys in the face and think that I'm going to live. <laughs> so I, you know, wh- whatever you guys feel on that subject, I'm gonna roll with y'all. Man. I'm going with Javante Davis on that one. Yeah, me right, too. So, I'm going so, Javante Davis. Yeah, I thought the people would would pick him too, but it was close. It was close, but yeah, I think Davis would. I would love to see that, but I think Davis. Wins. Like, Adrian Broner has no work ethic anymore. Like he, he likes to party and be a rapper. Like but I mean, he's he like getting in trouble now. <laughs> right. Like so. That's uh, about it. He had a great upside when he first started. I thought he was the next uh, Mayweather for a couple of fights, and then I, mm-hmm. until I saw him fight Marcus Maidana, put that put that out of my mind quick. So. <laughs> so yeah, that was. All right. So that's the uh, next poll question. Next poll question, back to basketball. Uh, did Duke guard Grayson Allen make the right decision to return for a senior, senior season instead of entering the draft? Uh, 33% said no, and 67% said yes. So, basketball. Yep. Kelsey, I'm going to let you go first. I know you put that poll. That was one of your key questions. So, what do you think on that? I did. A Maryland person putting up a Duke poll. I know it doesn't happen all the time, but I do think it was a good decision for Grayson Allen. Uh, he has an ACC championship. I have to put the Maryland plug, so don't do that. <laughs> he won a national championship. I mean, he's basically done it all. Why not return to Duke? Increase your stat level, because I think people have questions about whether he'll be in the NBA or will he play overseas. So I think he made the right decision, and then Duke can build a nice recruiting class around him. So why not? I don't think he had a choice, honestly. He got in a lot of trouble this season. This is a guard-heavy draft. He might not have got drafted at all, so he had no right. choice but to go back. But, you know, yeah, Chris, what's your thoughts? I don't think he's an NBA player, and I think he knows that. And I just think it's crazy that the freshman, Frank Jackson, just declared for the draft. And I was like, wait, Grayson Allen came back? Wow. Frank Jackson declared for the draft? What's up with that? And I like Frank coming out of high school, but he's the kind of guy, because this draft is so loaded, next year's draft, not as much. He comes back for his sophomore season, has the ball in his hands a little bit more, and boom. So I, the fact that Grayson Allen came back, we all know what's up with that. Four-year player, you know, probably go overseas, maybe do the mm-hmm. D-League thing. <sighs> I mean, if you watch an NBA game, where where are you putting him? Like, do do you – who is he going to trip in the NBA? Wow. <laughs> he can join I think Rondo, tripping if you think he's going to be a good player. <laughs> That's what I think. James, you, you, you copy that? I definitely agree. Who is he better than in this year's draft? Any guard. Name one, please. <sighs> I mean, to me, 
if a guy like Kobe Simmons is going late in the second round, I'm like, why would you want Grayson Allen? Well, why would you pick Grayson Allen? Right. I have exactly. no idea. Right. Grayson, That's why Grayson's you made the decision defense, to go back. Grayson's defense is suspect anyway. Yeah. Like, could you really see him like going head to head against uh, a fox or a ball? Like, oh, I'm not well, gonna say Mark, hmm. Mark, I'm not gonna say folks. I'm not gonna say him. Like, nobody goes against him, so it, it doesn't. I, you know? I got my reservations on Lonzo Ball too. So. Oh yeah, I do too. But the fact that oh, oh, he, is, we go. He, is a, he is a good, uh, <laughs> he is a good distributor. So I think I think it's a little more hype than supposedly because he didn't not play good against the Kentucky when they went at him man to man defense. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he has a good upside though. I think I think I mean the Lakers could use him. You know? Have you guys biggest. seen his scouting video? No, I haven't. Okay, so what you what you probably need to do to understand why the biggest issue with Lonzo Ball is the fact that in the NBA you're playing man to man and he right. cannot strap up and also he they have these clips of him just letting guys go back door his head not even turning. Wow. So forget his body not moving, right, his right, head right. not turning. And then you look at UCLA's issues on defense this season. Like he's an amazing passer, he can uh-huh. he's a streaky shooter, but when you see what he is defensively and you think about the monsters that are in the NBA, like, okay, so who exactly is he going to defend? Like, name a point guard that you think might be a weak point guard in the NBA. Because I think even the the lower-level guys will destroy him. Wow. Ooh, we're going to have LeVar Ball coming after even, us. <laughs> even, even like a Rodriguez, like, what's his name, Rodriguez? Uh, Spanish, you talking Spanish about player. Sergio Rodriguez, he would eat him alive. This is what I'm saying. Sergio Rodriguez would see – okay, it's kind of like when Brandon Jennings looks at Jose Calderon right now. He goes, cookbook. Oh, my left stroke just went viral every time he sees him. Okay? And you've got to understand, these guys are trying to get their stats up. Can you imagine Lonzo Ball when he sees John Wall? Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. John's gonna go. Ooh, time to eat. Up, yep. Right, time right, right. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, you're right. Speaking you're of right. point guards, all right, let's get to the next question. Derek Rose reportedly will seek a five-year, one hundred and fifty million dollar max contract this season. You said <laughs> you said the Spurs had interest. In I see them giving him that kind of money. No, he, so he's we gonna asked, get it. Will he get this max contract? Eighteen uh, percent said yes. I don't know who that eighteen percent is. Seventy-one <laughs> percent said no. <laughs> Are those the same people that so, thought the Blazers we, we, would beat the Warriors? We all know giving him a max contract. So, do you guys? What are you guys' thoughts on his contract thoughts? He's gonna get it, Chris. I'm too. So go ahead, James. I mean, the best thing about the Knicks getting Derrick Rose is like, oh, his contract be up. All right, we'll be able to go get someone else next year. <laughs> like, yep. I if agree. Phil Jackson signs him, mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, he signed Joe Kim, no. So like. <laughs> all all options are open there, so I wasn't it's, it's ridiculous. I thought Joe Kim hmm? still had some energy, you no know, man. I thought he would be a good defensive stopper for us. His bones but are rubbing together. I, I agree. I, well, yeah. <laughs> I like the Rose contract because it was a one year, and Brandon Jennings was a one year, so I was cool with both of those. Mm-hmm. But if he signs, if he tries to give Derrick Rose a max deal, trust me, I'm gonna be right next to you with my mask on, my hoodie on, and we gonna burn it in together because that's ridiculous. <laughs> Brandon Jennings is actually in the playoffs right now, so let's not forget right, that. Right, thriving. Um, but uh, yeah, he is thriving. Uh, you hear that, Kelsey's thriving. But but um, he but the Wizards know how to use him. No, no, but but, but seriously, guys, uh, 
uh, he's going to get a contract. He's going to get a max contract, $150 million in the, in the oh, NBA wow. of China. Ooh. NBA of wow. China. He's going, to play wow. with, he's going to play with Stefan Marbury in China, and he's going to get that 150 million contract he wants in China. See, to that I can agree to yeah, <laughs> because it. it's not happening here. No, if, if he wants so much here, he's going to still be in the stands with his whatever girlfriend looking at teams, hoping that he gets on one. It's oh, not going to happen shade, for that much money. Shade. Shade. It wasn't shade. It was just the yeah. truth. Oh, shade. All right, so the me. last poll of the day, I'll save this the best one for last. This one was the most talked about poll that we had. Serena Williams. With Serena Williams announcing she's 20 weeks pregnant, do you think she, this will be the end of her pro tennis career? And I had to think back 20 weeks ago, what was I doing? But I couldn't really remember. Kelsey put me on blast oh. last night. So I, I, don't, I, I, feel like, I feel like I was at work that night, but I don't remember. We got to check the books. I got to check my calendar. So anyway, 23% said yes, this is the end of her career. 77% said no. So as we all know, she was 10 weeks pregnant when she won her last championship. So mm-hmm. can she bounce back from this? Chris, I'm going to go to you first. How old is she, 36? Yep, 36, 35, 36, yep. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. If if Beyonce can perform after giving birth, I mean, you know, right. it's it's wide open. But I, I just think that her <laughs> career is – I mean, she's been phenomenal, but I think she's at the back of an, end of it anyway. So I don't know. I mean, maybe she'll be really good, but I don't think we'll see this dominant player that we've seen the past five years again. I don't think that she'll want to play, honestly. Yeah, I, don't, I yeah, feel like I don't. it might be – Wow. I think she'll, she'll – like, you know, I'm good. I'm married. Well, I'll be married. I have my child. I have a family. I think I'm good to go. I don't need to come back for what? I mean, that's where I'm at get, with it. Is she, is I... she still chasing the record? Is she chasing, what did she? Is she still chasing the record? I have any um, wins, uh, total wins. I think she's at 22, right? She has 23 grand slams. I mean, it, what's the record? 24 or 20? She tied the record, right? Yeah, I think she's like. Yeah, I think she tied it. All right. Well, I mean, she might still be chasing the record, so she might just play one more year or something. But, but I mean, but the I shade, disagree the with you guys though completely. I think shade. she's gonna come back. I think Serena, like she keeps proving herself. And I think people too early underestimate when a woman has a baby. That means that they want to be done. And I think Serena Williams, of all people, people should know she's gonna play tennis until she cannot play tennis anymore. I really think she's gonna be like the Tom Brady is for the New England Patriots. She's gonna play tennis as long as she can. And I think Serena is not one to doubt. She's gonna put her body back together after the baby. And I think she'll be right back there. She really doesn't have any competition. That's the worst part. As you said, she already beat somebody ten weeks pregnant. So when she comes back and she's not pregnant anymore, I think Serena's gonna still be great. She announced it on Sharapova's birthday, The Shade. Nobody sees it. I feel like that has nothing to do with it. I feel like that has nothing to do with it. It's a shade right there. Maury Povich, what? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) uh, James is like the shade master. He he, he always catches all the shade, throws all the shade. He just, he got the shade radar all crazy right now. You got to see it, though. You got to see it sometimes. She did it exactly (laughs) on her birthday. The owner of the shade store. (laughs) That's me, man. That's me. That's me. All right, well, that was, a, of, that was our right, right, for the right. week. So we pretty much got through the entire show. We definitely went way over the timeline, but it's all good. We'll handle that later. Um, but we want to say thank you to Chris for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. You're a Knicks fan, a Giants yeah, fan. You're welcome you. to come back any day. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, man, we would definitely thank appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been cool. So it's good to know another you. Harlem dude on it, too. Double R, right straight over here. So Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Chris, anything you want to say before we let you go? 
it's been real, people, but now I got to do, you know, go pay some bills and do my actual job before I get fired. I'll be on TV gotcha. in a few minutes. So. Uh, <laughs> well, whatever that's going to happen. Right, good, good luck on <laughs> today's show. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks for having me. All righty. Oh. We had a pretty pretty good, exciting show. We had uh, Chris come on. He definitely represented for Harlem. He had he, he dropped a lot of knowledge on us. Uh couple key smart points, you know, we he kept us laughing throughout the entire show. So how do you guys feel about the show? Yeah, it was a great show. Great show, guys. It was fun. I just have to see how I keep getting New York people. So that means our next guest, I have to get someone from the DMV. I hope you guys know. Uh, you had somebody on the DMV. Yeah, Mike Sweeney. I had one, but I've had more New York people. That's crazy to me. I didn't realize I needed I mean, I mean New York wants the world. What do you expect, Kelly? Okay. All right. So <laughs> what you mean? Now I'm definitely getting someone from the DMV next year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I get some backup. But it was a fun right. show. So thanks is again to Chris. We know he has his newscast. So it was huge that he came on our show. It was fun. Right. Right, 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 right. What did you have to say, Ray? So. Right. No, I said James, they, uh, James and Chris kept going back and forth for a while. I was like, oh, I guess we'll we'll just sit here and wait for them to go. pick up. I was, gonna, I was like, you got past them. I was going to let the New York people like, no, I, let them finish. I got to do, do some research when I get off the phone with me. I got to see some things so I can bring on the next show because Kobe Bryant oh, is the Yeah, I, I got to see some Oh, things, my gosh. Gotta, Ray, you started him back up. <laughs> I got to see some uh, Kobe stats. I got to go check something out. That's funny. All right, well, that's yeah. it for this week's show. You guys got anything, parting part words? I would say peace no. and love, everybody. Keep watching our show. Keep listening to us on IG, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. Yes, Instagram, everything. Google Plus, and the YouTube, everything. The YouTube page is up now, and uh, we're going to get some more of the old shows on there so you guys can listen on YouTube, try to get some visuals for you guys. So make sure you definitely check us Perfect. out on YouTube, Google Plus as well. Crowd yep, sports. and also we'll be live from events. Me and Ray were at the Washington Valor game last night, so look out for us. We're going to start getting to more events and giving you guys some more live coverage. So Three's the Crowd is about to be everywhere. We're growing. At Three's the Crowd Sports, at the real, the other, Ray J, at the real Kelsey Nelson, at Hippotin. K Nelson. <laughs> K Nelson, sorry. Kelsey, 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 at the Real K Nelson, at the other Ray J. Be sure to follow us. And every Sunday afternoon, listen. Yeah, peace. Bye. R.I.P. to the competition. Step, step, step coming through.